You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 37 of the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. In this episode, we speak to Julie Sladden, and she shares that she thinks running has given her perseverance, which helps her in every area of her life. Enjoy. Well, today I am so fortunate to have one of my good friends, Julie Sladden, along to Fit Mind, Fit Body. Julie, welcome. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It's actually a real pleasure to be here um, and, and to be asked to have a chat and, uh, well, chat all things running. But, um, yeah. I'm very excited to, to talk to you. Um, it was, I, had a, I had you on my very long list, as I said, of potential people I know who enjoy a run to chat with. And it wasn't until I ran into you at the supermarket that I reminded myself that I needed to uh, to reach out to you and get you on. So I'm so glad because I know a bit of your story and I know that it's pretty inspiring. And I know that you as an individual are very inspiring. So I'm very excited to share you with all of the listeners. So, oh, Well, thank you for asking me, but I'm not sure about all of that. We'll have to see, won't we? <laughs> we will have to see. <laughs> all right. We will start with, where did you go up, Julie? I actually grew up in uh, Georgetown. Which is in Tassie? A, yeah, in Tassie, which isn't too far from where I live now on the West Tamer near Launceston. And um, very, very lucky there. Georgetown doesn't have the best reputation in the world, but it's a, a seaside, seaside town and we grew up on and near the water. Very outdoorsy, isn't it? Yeah, very outdoorsy yeah. and um, quite understated as well. Yeah. Oh, so saying the outdoorsy stuff, do you remember as a child being very sporty or well, outdoorsy? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. I've always loved being outside and um, specifically, you know, it was all, we had to ride to school. So every part of my day was sort of involved in being outside, except, oh, you know, obviously when the weather was hideous. Windy and, and wet. Yeah, <laughs> Georgetown's known for its wind. Mm. It's always windy there. <laughs> Um, and we grew up on the water a lot. So I spent a lot of time on the water, but I know that I used to, you know, even then just my, we were close to some local bushland and we spent a lot of time out there building cubby houses and just hanging out. I mean, I'm sure my mum and dad had no idea where we were for most of the day. (laughs) It was one of those, you know, you just check in at the end of the day and they're like, Oh, where have you been? Have you had a nice day? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't it amazing things have so much changed like that that's crazy yeah. you know that kind of freedom that we can remember as children doesn't seem to be as available or if the parents are particularly kind of relaxed the kids seem to want to just spend their time on screens or whatever anyway you, you just they're not <laughs> that it yeah seem I, often, I often think about that I think is it that we're more vigilant or is it that mm. the that the uh, you know life mm, lifestyles have changed or probably Mm. a mixture of the two but where we live now we have a few acres of land and I always uh, that part of the reason we chose somewhere with a bit of land was so that I could we could actually give 
the kids that freedom to roam around if they wanted to. Yeah. yeah. And if you, we're skipping ahead a lot, but did you do you feel like <laughs> your your boys have done that at all? Like have they done a bit of roaming around on the property? Yeah, not as much as I thought they would have. There's certainly been a lot of tree climbing and yeah. falling out of trees. No. <laughs> <laughs> um and also kind of like because I did a lot of things while we were growing up like a lot of outdoor activities you know I like I've always wanted I think you should try everything at least once I mean unless it unless it's a stupid sport like and as long as you survived it (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. there's a few things that kind of I would put outside of that category like base jumping I'm not sure I'd do that but anyway um (laughs) I've I've kind of tried to expose the kids to as many of those activities as possible and I've sort of seen that especially with the younger one he's 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 off to try anything once at least (laughs) that's so cool all right so you're in Georgetown do you have siblings I have two um sisters an older sister and a younger sister so I'm the jam the little one in the middle Mm. (laughs) and so you used to go and um you know, do all these kind of outdoors building, you know, little worlds in the, in your local area with your sisters and with local friends. Is that sort of how that works? Yeah, I did a lot of, so there's a bit of an age gap between my younger sister and I. Okay. Um, so sort of seven years, but my older sister and I, we would you know, hang out a lot together. And then as I guess as she headed off into teenage years, it was more sort of mutual friends that we would sort of hang out with and get up to all our adventures. <laughs> So what about at school when it comes to running? Did you do much? Because obviously we're all kind of generally made to do a little bit of running at school. Yeah, yeah, we are. I don't. I mean, I never actually thought of myself as terribly sporty, although I've had a particularly, it's harder to hide as I get older too, competitive streak. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you're agreeing with me there. I think so. <laughs> and... Um, I remember actually at primary school, it was grade four, I think I decided that I wanted to do well in the cross country race yeah. and the cross country is running through local bush next to the school. And, um, and I remember that's when I began to, to train as it were in, in sort of um, inverted commas and training really just meant running around the block each night after school Uh, (laughs) but I did and I managed to make it into the the school's um uh country team and I was so I was so and and from then I kind of got the bug after that and and also like with athletics and things that's when I started to learn that oh actually if I put a little bit of effort in I can kind of do this or all right yeah Yeah. and you got it so the rewards how did what were those rewards so what am I trying to say? So the rewards that you were getting even as a child from sport, were they, do you think, internal or external kind of rewards mm, or both. a bit of both? Bit of definitely both because yeah. I remember like certainly personal satisfaction in being able yeah. to like put effort in somewhere and actually be able to do okay. And then, I mean, I was never one of those people, you know, that every everybody knows someone who like they just never train or they never do yeah, something and they, they and they up. just and they just win anyway and they all they'll win in the you know with daggiest gear and they'll wear an old pair of Dunlop volleys or something like that you know <laughs> and you just think huh <laughs> you see it in every sport I've never I've never been like that with anything in my life I'd just like to say I've always had to work hard <laughs> And then occasionally, you know, the results will follow. So, but there was a lot of external validation as well. You know, mum and dad were quite pleased and 
you know, you get a ribbon or something like that, or you get the day off school because you go and have a (laughs) go get to go into schools. Yeah, you know, so that all felt a bit special. Um, So I've always, always done like that. Mm. (laughs) So, so I know, um, I know what you became as a profession, which I know, which we'll get into. Um, Well, I should ask you so you can share. share. So you, you finished school. But then you didn't like finish school. You went on to university and da, 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 da. So what did you do at university? Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever entirely finished with school, to be well, honest. that's a good point. I also <laughs> I've noticed that too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went off to university to study medicine. Did you go to Hobart? You went yeah, to Hobart? I stu- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I studied in Hobart. Yeah. So I stayed in Tasmania, which yeah. was great. And um, I've travelled... Basically, my, my life has almost been a study in how many ways can you use a medical degree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've used it to do all, all sorts of things. So probably the majority of my career in general practice, but I've also spent, you know, several years in emergency medicine and several mm-hmm. years in psychiatry. I spent several years doing it makes I'm making myself sound really old now, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> some of these things I did like. I, you know, Together. I did two at the same time. Yeah. So I did medical journalism and I've done a lot of teaching at universities and I worked for the DMJ at one point. And um, yeah. And so, you, you, I know one of the things um, which I found fascinating, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have picked it, but you went to the Grand Prix and were a doctor at. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, those loud cars and things. And you oh, were like, yeah. yes, I've always, I love I've it. Always, I've always been a bit of a closet petrol head. Well, that's part of growing up in Georgetown, I think. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> uh, but my, my dad's always been into cars, so I guess I was exposed from a young age. And then I found out there was such a thing as, you know, motorsport medicine. Well, <laughs> um, I found myself on the, on the um, medical team in the, uh, for the supercars that go around Australia and, Wow. Um, I was on the um, the Formula One team when they came to Australia, so I did that for a few years. Um, that was a lot of fun, and you get—I mean—the best part is that you get to an awful lot of hot laps in yeah. cars of varying speeds. Um, you know, all all for the valid reason of going to uh, of performing drills and sort of mock, you know. Rescue. Oh, of course. And then occasionally you have to do real ones, and you you know, so it's. <laughs> A lot of adrenaline. There's it's like 95% of absolutely nothing going on. Yeah. Um, and then, then 5% of like <laughs> dealing with a crash. You kind of um, got to be ready to, you know. Mm, it's funny too, because it just made me think, you know, in, a, in my sort of personal life as well, I've always, I've often, I've had a lot of incidences where mm. I've had to draw on that knowledge or experience that I've had either in emergency or motorsport medicine, just you know, through doing some of the other sort of adventure type kind of outdoorsy activities, you know, um, or I've had to, you know, people who have been injured in races or outdoor events or car accidents I've come across and things like that. So in a way, it was sort of all good training. Mm. Leading up to, so there's an adrenaline thing going on there. Oh, you <laughs> think? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> all right, let's go back to, so now we've, we've worked out that you know, you're obviously an overachiever in some areas of your life and you're not very good at staying still and you like adrenaline. But what I'm interested in, 
<laughs> when you I'm not sure I like the picture you're painting here. <laughs> when you um it's all positive. Yeah. Um, it depends on how you look at it. Um when for those of us who haven't done a degree like medicine, so you know, just doing teaching, it, it didn't it wasn't like such a time pressure, I don't think, although you know, still getting to the end of a degree and all of the work that's required to do that, there was a level of pressure. But I can only imagine what that's like. Um, to do medicine, not to mention all these other different layers of medicine that you've done. So the question really is how, how did you or did you maintain your physical exercise regimes of any sort? Did running follow you through all your study that you did in those earlier years? I know that you're you know, still studying because you, you're kind of addicted to that too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the, I mean, the short answer is uh, yes. I mean, to be honest, I think if I hadn't have kept up my sport and my running, I might not have got through. Okay. Um, and I've always used it. It's probably one of the most effective forms I've found for me of stress relief. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you know, it's it's a great, um, I never knew it be, because the term wasn't around back then, but mm. I guess a mindfulness activity yeah. where you just get into the moment um, and if you've got a lot of things in your mind, you know, especially when you're trying to study or balance yeah. a lot of things. I mean, when I was at uni, I was holding it down two jobs as well. So wow. it wasn't, it was, it wasn't an easy time, no. but I still managed to find time for running. Um, sometimes I was doing a little bit too much running and I did get injured then too. Um, yeah. and I actually ended up having to start, I ended up with shin splints and my legs this is in, I think first or second year. So I was really, I was just adjusting to the pressure of like how just overloaded my schedule was and I think I did a lot of running <laughs> and I ended up not being able to run at all so that's when I took up swimming oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and as you know <laughs> Michelle I've kind of continued with the two and yes. um uh, and fortunately you know they kind of sort of it's easy to to um like you know keep two sports up and then and then I kind of dabbled in triathlon as well because by that time we've got two sports happening so you might as well add a bike but, yeah. <laughs> but but anyway yes um I kept running and I probably went into it a little bit bit more but um once I got the balance right it was something that was really one of my support and support strategies I guess is a self-care is definitely a self-care strategy and I remember when we went to Hobart I was so fortunate I was boarding in a house at um, South Hobart and at the back of their house was the pipeline track which basically goes right up the mountain and yeah. for that whole year I was just exploring um, bush trails you know I could just walk up the backyard and just go running for you know half an hour and I got to know the trails really really well so you're getting nature therapy and running in one in one in, in one, one hit. hit. So mm. like for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone, how do you make how do you make the choice? I'm going to go for a run rather than sit down and get this essay done or get this assignment done. And for me, these days it's I need to do XYZ because I work for myself. And the more I put it off, the more I, you know, it's not getting done and, and how you prioritize. And you talked about balance a minute ago. So I'm just wondering what kind of conversations you have with yourself in order to, yeah. you know, either not go running too much or because it becomes avoidance as well, I guess. Mm, um, <laughs> yeah, how, how do you use it in a positive way? Because we all know as well, if you do go for a run or get outdoors, it'll actually make when you do sit down and do your work, your, you have more clarity and you know, that science shows us that as well. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that of- was that was for me, that was the the biggest um I think motivator to getting out was that I'd noticed that my my mind was much clearer mm. after I'd been for a run. Um, but there was that too, finding that balance of not of not going too much and not to, there was a time I was running twice a day and I think that's when I got the shin splints um and you know then it was it was it was too much so I kind of learned quite early on that it's actually very much a balance but scheduling it was really mm. important so if you actually scheduled the time for it and actually had a reduced time frame in which you could do it then that sort of stopped me from going over over the top and I'm not I'm not talking about huge miles here I mean I really was only ever pounding out somewhere between five and 10 k's and so it wasn't huge distances but um sorry I think I forgot the the, the crux of the question I tend to I tend to think how can I go running when I've got to get xyz work done and especially if you know you've got more more work to do today then you actually have hours to do it Mm -hmm. which seems to be constant and I know when you're studying you kind of feel that too that real pressure there's always Mm. something to do Mm. Um, so how can you take you know it's having that conversation with yourself even then you know logically it's really important that you go for that run or swim or ride or whatever Um, but there's this pressure to actually just knuckle down and get done whatever the work is that you're you've got in front of you Look, it's hard and I think it's hard even now, especially now, one of the things that I've noticed too, especially more that people are working more from home now. So Mm, you've got those blurred boundaries between work and home life and then how then do you fit in exercise? How do you justify that? And I've always seen, and I think this is why I ended up in medicine, you know, I've always seen like healthcare and self-care as a sort of a holistic thing. And like I said, I noticed in myself that my mind was clearer when I exercised. I was less stressed. So I was actually able to focus on what it was that I needed to do. But it was also a, a sense of I'd done something that I wanted to do at the beginning of the day rather than, you know, I got my bit in before every everyone else or the world or all the demands yeah. that get a piece of me because I know that that work is always going to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and tomorrow and tomorrow I've learned <laughs> you may have discovered the same that you never get to the you never get to the end of your to-do list. Never <laughs> it never ends. And I think that's like in especially in these kind of times that we're living at the moment, it's mm. so important to recognize that because people who if you if you're waiting to get to the finish point you never actually get there mm. um and I put you know for me I put exercise and self-care very much in the important but not urgent box yeah. and I think those are the things that if you don't schedule them they never get done mm. um but in the long term they can have the biggest impact on your you know your health and happiness and well-being and how, yeah. you, how you manage to cope with the rest of your life. which Exactly. Is like, exactly. I mean, the last thing you want to do is sort of add um, ill health or, or you, know, you know, stress on top of the, the already difficulties of life. Exactly. So I guess it's a way of getting back a little bit of control. Like, yeah, mm. I did that thing. I got in first and now the rest of the world can have a piece of me. Now you can, now I can. Uh, and I might the, be nice. The mum, the, the doctor, the journalist, the friend, the yeah. wife, the, sorry, did we run out of things? All I of was thinking, things. I saw a t-shirt the other day and I thought it made me think of this interview and it said running because it's better than harming people. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I thought, well, yes, I think there have been a number of times in my life where that's been the strategy. <laughs> I love that. I've had to say to my family, I'm just going for a little run. <laughs> Thinking it's better for everyone this way. <laughs> so you said earlier, you intimated, and I think I agree that you're a little competitive. Mm. Yeah. So with your running, have you done a lot of racing in, with your running? Oh, uh, a little. Um, not so much as an adult. I think I've noticed to, I, I've learned to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, I, for example, a couple of years ago, I'm 48 now, oh, giving away my baby. age. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'd um, got, I decided to run, I've never, I'd never run a marathon before. So I decided to run um, 42 Ks when I was 42, because I figured, well, if you're going to do it, you might as do well it do it right. And then you always remember when it was that you did it. So I did the Cadbury marathon then. And I trained for it in 42 days. So don't even ask me why. 42 days. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was 42 days, six weeks. Yeah, I reckon I can do that. So it's a longer story behind it because I'd actually had bilateral plantar fasciitis. So I hadn't been able to run up until that point. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But I managed to recover. Once I'd recovered, I realized I only had six weeks left and I thought, can I do it? And I, I did, but I only trained twice a week. And that's how I managed to stay uninjured because awesome. once you get to a certain age, mm. the, the aim is to get to the start line fit and mm-hmm. uninjured mm-hmm. and then and then finish the event. And and, uh, and walk that, the next day and the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, I didn't feel particularly competitive in the run, but um, as the run went on, you know, as the 10Ks kind of each click over, uh, you know, and I tend to speed up like I tend to negative split things yeah. so you know I could sort of feel that that competitive verge coming out you know the closer we were getting to the finish line and and then you know when I got to the end of the line like um that the results came out that day and I was kind of just you know combing through the results to see who I'd beaten <laughs> I'm just it's it's shameful I'm like yeah but still there yeah. and I guess in a way I, I I tame the beast a bit by you know trying not to take things too seriously and uh not entering not try, too many things not entering too many <laughs> events because I think I, yeah it could be the undoing of me that's interesting so um what does your running look like now like what what kind of how often are you running that kind of thing and where I haven't done an event for a while. A friend of mine, um, who I think you may be having on your podcast at some time in the future, mm-hmm. um, she does trail running and yeah. she was I was going to support her. She was doing a marathon trail running and uh, in Derby. And I thought, oh, there's this little 6K run there that they've got on. And so I went up there, I entered on the day. Actually, I think I entered the night before. I, it was like a last minute thing. So I couldn't get nervous about because that's the other thing. I get really, really nervous. Yeah, I know that. Um, I too. Yeah. And you're just like, out of all proportion of yep. anything else. You just. Yes, well, well, you did, like nobody apart from you, actually. Yeah. Cares. Exactly. Nobody cares except you. And you think, why? This is not, you know, it's not even that important to me. But anyway, <laughs> but it'll keep me awake. So I guess in a way, that was kind of like a self strategy by not, not by deciding the day before so I only got one bad night's <laughs> sleep and I went and I did this little 6k run and you know I felt the competitive Virgil come out again I did place in it um in, in the run and I was very pleased I was very pleased 
dungeon. <laughs> but I haven't entered like a anything big for quite some time. I look more for obscure things that are going to give yeah. me a sense of achievement. Yeah. Um, we did a just like a, a fun trail run pole dancer, um, which is the Cape Rowell run. Um, but, oh. oh, Hanny Elston's got the wilder sort of yeah. series. She's got a few like badge runs that you can do around Tassie. And <sighs> I did the three capes walk with my boys last year. And three capes actually only involves walking to two. And yeah. my OCD came out. And Kate Rowell. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I've got to do the third cape. Well, you've got to go to different part of the peninsula. So that was a whole separate trip. And mm-hmm. my friend Amanda and I, we went down there and we ran. I said, oh, do you want to come for a little run? <laughs> And it was 17 Ks or something. And she's much fitter than me. And I wasn't sure how I'll go. And like I'd only been doing sort of six and seven K runs, you know, two or three yeah. times a week <laughs> up until that point. Well, I thought, how hard can it be, you know? <laughs> well, we had a great day. And so I'm kind of more, um, I guess, an adventure runner or, um, yeah. yeah, than anything else at the moment because I just – Unless it's an event that I really, really want to do, I kind of, I would like to do the cradle run at some point, though, the overland track. Yeah, you've got to be quick with you. You've got to be a good keyboard warrior as well because yeah. it's like, it sells out in like a short time and you have to have um, done some. Yes, have done an, an, an ultra um, mm. that is in the wilderness of some sort (laughs) like it can't just be an ultra on the road I think I know so that would require a little bit of planning but that's something that like I go oh that would be that would be good so I wait for something that piques my interest but I've never I haven't run further than 42k so when you come to training just during the week are you like a regular trainer or a you just how how do you I mean we talked before about you fitting it in with all your work but obviously you schedule it and all that kind of stuff well, I mean, I just have days, you know, I tend to run a month on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. Okay. So I've got a running buddy on Saturdays. Yeah. Or if there's a, an event on, we just, as I was saying before we switched on that I did park run yeah. for the first time in years. I mean, really, <laughs> it was my second one ever. And it was funny because you get the email through later on. Oh, the PB. <laughs> yeah, it, says, it says, we're going to mark this as your PB. And I thought, oh, well, that's good. I got a PB in something. <laughs> which is hilarious so I did say to my friend while we we're running I said I don't want to go too fast because I want to be able to PB next time <laughs> yeah I made a mistake I think I was in the first and second one in Launceston like ever and I did oh. like I don't know 22 minutes like a good run back yeah. then way back then and so I'm just never going to get back to <laughs> PB for that. Like, oh. anyway. that is yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, I run I run on regular days, but I don't have a set time. I do prefer to try and get it. I used to get up and run early in the morning, but I can't do that anymore. I just um, my body doesn't like it very much. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can structure my days now, so I sort of get it in the mm. first part of the day. But if I don't, then I can fit it in the second half, and it's something that I look forward to, and I usually mm. use it as a bit of a natural break to whatever work I'm doing that day. Yeah which is a good way of clearing my head or like having a pause between work and home or. Mm. I find I need to be like, if I'm not going to run first thing in the morning, mm. I'm going to run, then I will sit here at my desk in my running gear. Like I need to put it on and then I'll do my work because the, the thought in my head, it'll, it'll mean that's another thing between me and getting out the door, which would be getting into my running clothes. So <laughs> if I need to go for a run during the day, 
and I can't do it first thing, I will, if I can, if I'm not busy with meetings, I will have my running gear on and maybe put like a worky thing over the top. So if I had to be on video and Zoom, nobody would know. Yeah. <laughs> and then... That's so, a great, that's a great strategy. I just need the least resistance possible, yeah, yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. That's a great strategy. I think that's one of the, um, I'm just looking for the book. Uh, one of the um, habits that James Clear puts in his yeah. book, Atomic Habits, this one here. Oh, I have that. About that's... like, yeah, the least resistance like yeah. you can to make something as easy for yourself as possible. I do that for myself too. The journal I, over there. Yeah. Once <laughs> if oh, yeah, the habit journal got that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we we were so separated at oh, first. <laughs> but yeah, if you can make things as like is resistant free for yourself as possible mm. i mean on those days when if i'm if i can't, can't go for a run till after work i'll wear my sports bra and i'll have all my stuff in the car so i can actually just get changed in the car and do it real uh, quick. So that, yeah yeah before before i get home so that that least amount of resistance i even well. put my running shoes at the door of my office although i mean yeah. they only like one meter that way they live but i just put them at the door of my office so that i almost trip over them before I leave the like yeah, yeah that's so some of those things I have to do even though obviously we both like to run and it's not like people have to you know twist our arms we still need to you know it's that habit creating things isn't mm -hmm. it but otherwise if the weather is horrible if we just don't feel like running because we're just tired or swimming or whatever else your exercise mm -hmm. is it's just so easy like there's nobody else standing over you to say you have to head out so you have to set some of these things up for yourself if you're that way you do you've got to you've got to be your own I guess coach in a way your own motivator mm. yeah mm, so when you're running so obviously it sounds like you run often once a week with someone else and the other couple of times is by yourself mm. so do you listen to anything do you have headphones in or do you just listen to the sounds of nature <laughs> or the cars going past <laughs> well occasionally I mean I have a a wonderful pair of Bluetooth headphones, which um, have been wonderful for getting through books, podcasts, and, yeah. and just for music in general. Yep. But occasionally I forget them and then I, I almost hyperventilate now. So, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and I actually find it's not so bad. Because yeah. um, I do often use the time for listening to something that I've wanted to listen to for yeah. a while or a book or, or sometimes. Like catch up on stuff yeah, yeah. sometimes. Mm. which isn't it kind of takes away from that mindfulness bit that I was talking about a while yep. ago um and I think that's a risk that you run with using those technology I actually have um headphones for swimming as well now too and same thing oh, happens wow. you know if, I for, if they run flat or if I for, um forget them I go oh, what am I going to do but I actually find it's not not so bad to be alone with your thoughts and things over this. but I, yeah but I often find that I'm thinking about things in the background um uh anyway, anyway yeah. well yeah often some of the just the just the rhythm I think of of running and being in that moment and struggling with because like one of the tracks I like to do is the zigzag track um yeah quite often and then sometimes I'll I'll tack on some um go up into Trevallon as well which is kind of always an extra struggle if I'm doing this that day yeah so you've got the challenge of doing that you can't be anywhere other than struggling with those mm. steps or hills in that moment so yeah it's almost a way of putting um something tangible on some of the struggles of life I guess yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. so 
on those days when, well, firstly, when I'm listening to stuff, which I now try and limit myself to, you know, it's a bit like having a bar of chocolate. I might do it like, you know, <laughs> twice a week and then another two runs if I'm doing them by myself adjust with me so that I can try and be more mindful and practice some of the things that I'm trying to share with others, um, which is that mindful running. Um, we've got mm. a few techniques to do with what's going on in your thoughts. But I have noticed when I'm listening to things sometimes, as you said, your brain is still ticking over and having its own party. And <laughs> and I'll often go, what did they just say on that book or whatever I'm yeah. listening to? Because you've gone off with your thoughts somewhere and you ha- you're not even necessarily focusing on it. So it's, I think, you know, as science and neuroscience has shown us that our brains are doing all kinds of cool and healthy things for us when, we, when we're running, um, including, I guess, taking us away on thoughts <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they're trying to, trying to um, share with us if our subconscious is trying to get through to us or whatever. Uh, um, and I've, I've definitely had that happen to me as well. And sometimes, you know, if it has happened, I've gone, I'm obviously not listening to this. <laughs> um, and I just turn it off. Um, and, and then, you know, just well, not necessarily pay attention to my yeah. thoughts, but just make sure there's no distraction in there yeah. and just concentrate on the running. Yeah. So some of the um, strategies that I've been sharing recently are um, <laughs> just concentrating, as you said, it's on the running, but on your body. So mm. on your breath and on your footsteps and just, you know, doing a body scan and checking in with what's going on. And mm. it's amazing how when you get used to doing that, um you learn so much more about yourself this body that we're all carrying around with us so yeah anyway um i can talk about that today so much um what are you thinking about what kind of things are you thinking about like you don't have to tell us the details do you think i know we've sort of touched on a little bit but like are you going through your shopping list are you and i'm sure it's different all the time but are there some kind of general areas that you often come back to, do you think? Mm, oh, do, absolutely. Do you dwell think... on horrible things, you know, dwell on something somebody said or did a bit? Are you a dweller or are you a future thinker or a right now kind of thinker or a bit I, of all of the things? I think it's like my problem-solving time and I yeah. don't set out to make it that way, but it, it generally is where I solve the problems of the world um, and by the world, I mean my world. <laughs> <laughs> everything from how am I going to fit everything in this week? Um, yeah. And, you know, who do I need to schedule where? And, you know, you've got a busy family and stuff like that. And what do I need to let go? And that sort of thing to just the bigger problems of life questions of what am I going to do about this situation yeah. with this person or this family thing or this work thing you know mm-hmm. I keep coming back to this and how am I going to do that and just exploring those options and I, I don't know why but that just like like I said it's not something that I plan to do but I often find that's where it happens yeah um, and it t- does sometimes continue on for a little bit afterwards but but not much I know I often find that I've kind of got to a point of I may not have solved the problem but mm-hmm. I've I've had a revelation or I've had a step forward in some area or I've, I've re, you know, had that space to realize, oh, I hadn't thought of that before or yeah. So often there'll be sort of some men, a mental shift that happens in mm. the run. And if not, then soon afterwards. So it's been, you often have those thoughts where it seems brilliant when you're running and then you finish <laughs> running and you go, yeah. 
<laughs> maybe that's not such a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful of those. And like, especially too, if you have them like after an event or something like that, <laughs> or, or in an event, right? Yeah, with my 42K one, I think. I think I came up with at least 10 brilliant ideas on that run. <laughs> Maybe one of them only, only saw the light of day. That's okay. That's it, it can be a real creative process, a place where the creative process happens. Yeah. yeah. And again, that neuroscience has shown us why that's the case. Yeah. Like all the you know, new neural pathways and things being created. A lot of stuff which you'd have the language around, which I never do. I just go, just trust me. There's things happening in the brain. <laughs> well, I, but that but that works. We don't need to know all the um, the long terms. We just need to know that the process works. And one of the things that I do um, regularly is I write, you know, various things. I've written articles mm -hmm. and blogs and things for various scientific stuff. And that part of the process is, you know, you gather all the information and you then you think about. Uh, basically, once I've got all the information, I generally then give myself a few days or sometimes it's a bit longer or you know depends how much time I've got just to let all that information sift down to some mm. kind of order or organizational framework and it's not something I consciously do but I know that like that's a lot of what happens when I go running as well oh mm. that's cool oh running is so clever it makes us mm. clever that's mm. <laughs> well it does we know that too exactly. <laughs> neuroscience is it took me ages just to remember the word neuroscience so that's how medical I am. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I know that you have two lovely boys. Did you run, I assume you did, um, when they were little, can you remember what it was like trying to fit in exercise with little mm. kids? Yeah, because we had our kids in England. So, um, ah. yeah, running there was different to running here, that's for sure. And not a lot of people do it for yeah, you, they got look at you kind of weirdly. Oh. Um, <laughs> we had a local, there was a local gym that had a, um, uh, a childcare area. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. crash. And so that's where I learned um, the joys of treadmill running. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see me, but I'm actually pulling a face here. So, so you go to the gym, drop the kids off and say, no, I don't want to use the treadmill. I'm just going to go for a run out through the suburb. Well, I did end up doing that. You and did? that's one of the things that wow. I've learned. I don't like treadmills. I don't really like gyms. I'd much prefer to get outside, even if it's raining. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. just something about being outside that's much, I find much better for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so when they were young, I remember doing that. I remember dropping them off at the crash and then just going running around, you know, the various parks because mm -hmm. it was actually based on a park. So that was oh, good. Perfect. I wasn't there that far away. And and then when Mike would get home from work um, too, sometimes you would just hand them the baby and go, <gasps> put your shoes on and go, just going around the block. <laughs> it might be a rather big block. <laughs> but it, it was funny because we were back there fortunately um the christmas before last and before COVID, yeah. yeah yeah before just before covid was oh. so lucky <laughs> and we, we were staying with friends who live in the area where we used to live and i so i would go off and it was the middle of winter but you know we went from tassie summer to the middle of winter and i would kind of go off maybe yeah about three times you know during the week and go off running in the mornings and it's sort of semi-dark all day 
but I knew it was kind of like best way of keeping my mood, you know, okay. But I, I went and ran the old, the old paths that I used to, and it was so much, it was, it was almost like being like looking at a time capsule, you know, because I'd, yeah. I'd been there when the kids were so young and now here I was a mother of teenagers and to be back there running the same paths mm-hmm. and with all that life experience behind me, it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting experience, you know, that I just sort of felt like it was sort of a waypoint where you could say, wow, I did this sort of 15 years ago and here I am doing it again now. None of this has changed. I've changed. and <laughs> Like a also, little memory lane kind yeah, of Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was. And it's also a really good way of just like seeing a place, you know, because yes. I went and explored all the old streets and things. Yeah. Yeah, I love that, that um, running tourism. <laughs> yes. It's a thing. <laughs> and it's actually even an organised thing if anyone's that interested. But um, we always like just wandering around running. Yeah. And we've gone to new places. So Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Best explore. way to discover quite a bit by, by foot. It's very cool. Okay. So um, <clears throat> is it been in times in your life when, life when you haven't been able to run very much? Yeah. A few. Well, I've hinted at a few injuries. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> the, <laughs> the bilateral shin splints, which made me take up swimming. (laughs) And then um, I had that plantar fasciitis, but I had, um, as you know, Michelle, I had breast cancer about, I think it was how many years ago now? It feels a while ago. It's eight years. Yeah, eight years ago now. Nearly nine. Yeah. And I couldn't really run then. It was Mm -hmm. too painful because, like, I had a lot of surgery. Um, but I did a lot of walking. <laughs> how, how long were you not able to run for recovering from the breast mm, cancer? Probably because I had three lots of surgery. So mm. it was probably about you know, three to four weeks each time. Yeah. I had some great support from friends who <laughs> are also sort of outdoorsy type people. And, you know, I because I, I also mm, paddle and... <laughs> Yes. At that time, I was paddling quite a bit and swim. I couldn't really swim very much for the first few weeks, but it's amazing what you can do. Even if you can't use your arms, you can do a lot with a kickboard. Yeah. Um, and I was taken out paddling, um, you know, as a sort of like a passenger. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd sort of pretend to paddle, but couldn't really. But running it probably took, yeah, about three or four weeks each time. So it was about three months that I sort of had out. So that. Had- and I was tired as well, so... One thing we talk about on the podcast a little bit is identity mm. and our identity around, you know, in this case, it's running. I mean, you could put anything in there. Mm. And when you can't do that, how that affects you, especially if you identify as a runner and, you know, when I'm not sure, well, I should ask you, do you, do you identify or when do you think you identified as a runner mm. in your life? I guess, I, yeah, I've always identified as a runner since I was young. That would probably be the first label or the first identity yeah. that I would put. And then, yeah, you know, the other ones I've just collected. <laughs> as I've got, Been I gathering said, them ever since. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, and, I mean, obviously going through something like breast cancer, you kind of question a lot of aspects of your identity, totally. especially when you end up getting your boobs cut off. I mean, that's <laughs> sort of it's in your face a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of, um, like, you know, personal beliefs that get really you have to confront. Um, but I knew that because there was a whole lot that I couldn't control, mm. that still getting out and moving my body just for a body movement 
you know, getting outside, getting mm-hmm. sunshine, you know, all of those things um, were so very good for me yeah. that, you know, it, it kind of made me get off the, get off the couch and do it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't drive anywhere. So, you know, basically it was just sort of walking yeah. around, walking <laughs> around the, the garden or around the block or yeah. if I could con someone to sort of pick me up, drop me off or whatever, or co-go mm-hmm. for a walk with me. So there was a lot of that. But um, really then just getting in back into it. And, and as you're trying to get back into it, you inevitably go too far yeah. and, and learn that you uh, can't, can't do that right now. <laughs> Your new balance for the yeah. time. Mm. Yeah, so but because you chip, and I guess part of that you go too far because you're trying to claw back some of that identity or some of mm. that which, you know, you do have in your control. Mm. And it turns out you actually don't. Yeah, there's a lot you do have in your control and there's a yeah, there's things that you don't and you just have to learn to know which ones they are and accept those things you can, but you know, fight like heck for the things that you do that are under your control. So there's a lot of challenges in that, I think. Mm. You know, for for all of us to, you know, even even when I go for a run and I might have a period of time where it's just really hard all the time mm. and you, and you question yourself, like, am I, I've been running all my life pretty much apart from a period where I was drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes when I was <laughs> in my early twenties, but the rest of the time, even as a child, I, I was a runner then as well. And, but you just think, why is it now so hard? And, you know, if I've always done this, why is it so challenging? But when you've, you know, also when you um, are unwell and you can't, and that trying to come back, and as you said, you're always that over enthusiasm, and and you can you end up having to step back a bit. Is it like that's that two steps forward, one step back, quite a bit happens. Yeah. Um, Especially but, too, like I said, that um, I've used it. I've used running a lot as a sort of a stress management technique. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling like angst and stressed or you know and you can't do something about it that's I think one of the things that I challenge find challenging the most because you know sitting down on the couch and knitting is just not my style (laughs) I've been I've been knitting for like um um, two months maybe month and a half and I've got half a sock done (laughs) good job actually said that they'd started knitting again started a scarf and I thought maybe it's time maybe it's time to give it another go <laughs> it's going a mindful activity but I got blisters at the end of my finger because uh, <laughs> I never, haven't done it for so long anyway I'll get back to it I'll get back to it I can't knit and run you see at the same time it's too hard no <laughs> no matter what um I think the healthy way like listening to lots of people now talk about their identity those that seem to have dealt with the, the, you know, when they've got injury or other things that caused them not to be able to run for a period. Um, it seems that identifying as someone who enjoys moving or enjoys the outdoors, if that's your overarching sort of identity, if you had different levels, then that's a healthy space you can go to as opposed to, yes, I'm a runner, but when I can't run, I move or I... yeah get outside or I what so you've got these other layers and I think that's probably what anyone who who struggles with that needs to find most a lot of us already have it because the fact that we're moving we just haven't really looked at it um, or you've been fortunate enough to not have to look at it because you're running how all your exercise hasn't been taken away from you um, 
but that just identifying as someone who likes to feel fit or someone who likes to be healthy and make healthy choices even as a broader umbrella because who knows what happens to us as you said there actually isn't that much in, we have control over in our lives we think we do yeah but actually there isn't that much we have some things but not not as many things as we seem to think we do mm. so um <laughs> what's going on in our heads though is something we all have control over so I exactly. find that kind of fascinating yeah I had a um a realization but I think back in my sort of late teens early 20s that something is better than nothing and I think that I've really it sounds trite but mm. um you know I've applied that to running and things as well because you can't always get out you can't always do what it is you want to do but mm-hmm. but what can what can you do so mm-hmm. if it is that you can you know you can make it a couple of hundred meters or you can you know walk around the block or whatever you do that um because once you've done that then you know you may be able to go a little bit further or you know you may just feel a bit better so something is better than nothing and I think people get stuck when they're they overthink it a bit and so mm-hmm. then they do nothing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and you haven't even moved then um so just you're yeah, even one step um closer mm-hmm. to you know what the person you want to be or the goal that you have is better than a step backwards or not moving at all mm-hmm. What would be some of the goals? I think, well, first of all, do you think you're goal orientated at oh, all? Oh, for or, sure. Yeah. yeah. I thought you <laughs> so in saying that, what would be some of the sporting goals? doesn't have to be just running um, that you've set yourself over the years that you're most proud of that you've either achieved or at least attempted, whether you got what you wanted out of it or not. Because sometimes it's the journey getting there that's actually ends up being the reward. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to preface it with, you know, a bit, of, bit more of a background because, I mean, this is going to make me sound like a complete musculoskeletal wreck. But anyway, <laughs> I will. Uh, as I've already, I've already <laughs> shared, you know, I had breast cancer like nine years ago. But I also, when I was in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with arthritis wow. and I've got an autoimmune disease. So of course when you, you do. Of course. Lucky you're a doctor because then you know all these things. I know. (laughs) I collect things. I I was a doctor before I got all that, but, you know, it's just like you wonder whether it comes with the territory sometimes. (laughs) So when I was running, um, when I was younger, I... um, that was partly why the swimming came in as well, because mm. I realized that I wanted to be 40 and still be able to run. Yeah. So that's why I thought I'm going to have to start doing, up, you know, other sports and things. Yeah. Um, and so at each, when I think back to the things that I'm most proud of over my sort of sporting kind of life career, I think, you know, just generally I'm, I'm proud that I've kept going, that I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not, oh, that was a phase of my life and I just did sport then. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this is actually a part of who I am you know who I am Mm -hmm. um so yeah very much identity but my um I guess doing that marathon when I was 42 that was because I had been injured before that and you know to have a short period of time then go okay I'm going to do it and this is how I'm going to do it I'm going to do one long run a week and I'm going to do one interval session a week (laughs) and then the rest of it's going to be rehab swimming or strength or core work because you've got to have a strong core apparently Apparently. to do to do a to do a marathon so um and then the other one of the other sporting achievements was um it was the year was two years after my breast cancer Mm -hmm. surgeries I actually swam the English channel in a team Mm -hmm. always like to qualify that because I didn't 
um, I assume the whole channel by myself, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it's not that obvious, but anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, no, people go, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm like, no, no, I didn't do it all by myself, you know, it's okay. you could, but <laughs> if you really uh, wanted to, well, that yeah, was a goal. Like, be a lot of training. So, um, so we were in one-hour stints um, mm-hmm. in this uh, team of five of us and we swam the channel. It was oh, the first or second successful people across the channel that year. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. So I'm really proud of that because it was a lot of training mm-hmm. um, and it was also a challenge that I wasn't sure I could do. I actually swam it with a broken foot. <laughs> You're crazy. Oh, because I got the foot, I got the broken foot while I was running. Oh gosh, I'm just remembering all these things. Oh. I, I'd been out running with friends and I'd landed on my foot funny and broke my oh. broke one of my bones. And I walked around with it for weeks and weeks and just realized it wasn't getting getting any better and thought I better go and see someone about it. <laughs> so you as you do as you do. And discovered I had a broken navicular. So um, oh. and that was because of some of the drugs I was on yeah. for the breast, the breast cancer, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I was really proud <laughs> to finish that challenge and to do that. I think those are the two things. Oh, and paddling as well. I've paddled the length of the Tamer River twice. That's amazing. Just, just, just for the fun of it. Oh, we'd raised money um, for breast cancer a couple of times doing yeah. that. Yeah. So um, myself and another paddler, uh, Luca Gary. Um, yeah, so that was yeah, that that was fun. I enjoyed that, and I did that sort of by myself, and it was a real challenge. So I guess it's like, can I can I do this? It's right on the edge of my kind of. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so there's probably. That's yeah, super cool. Like, I think that's awesome. So, in saying that, what do you have? Well, I should preface this just because I want to tell everyone that we were in England when you did your swim, and we got to hang out with you for. A, short period of time after your swim and then you went and swam in Lake Windermere I did that, that with was us so while we, well, you swam it was too cold for the rest of us <laughs> Julie was happy to get in the water and we're like oh it's a bit cold that was yeah. so cool because we kept bumping into you that year you know? yeah. oh that's right because we saw you in Perth before we yeah. even went over to the UK so. yeah, yeah we went over and then we yeah. crashed again in in um, the UK and oh yeah it was really that good was very cool excellent um what goals do you have going forward do you have any at the moment not really Mm. i've got a few thoughts um Mm. of things that i'd like to do but oh things have been and i think in a way it will probably be a good time to have a good goal um just with because i haven't had one for a while we've had i've had a lot of things going on at work and yeah um you know so you just sort of yeah you focus on you know where is your energy going to be at the moment but I was Mm -hmm. thinking I've been thinking in the back of my mind for the last couple of months oh it really would be nice to have just a just a goal in the background that you're working towards um but I'd want it to be something that's not going to cause me any additional kind of angst or stress or sleepless nights I haven't found anything yet that, that that's quite hit the mark. I do have an idea for a, a swim that I really want to do, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think anyone's done. It's a Tasmanian swim, and um, I've got a, a potential support boat lined up. But it's and it's not very long. It's just it's not been done. So, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. I'll let I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, that's very exciting. Well, we won't say it anything now because. We don't want anyone else to go and do it before you're done. Because <laughs> that would be I wanna, annoying. I'll tell you what, I want to do that run with um, uh, that run with uh, my friend Amanda 
from, yeah, I'm putting her on a spot now, mm-hmm. um, Badger Head to Greens Beach. I think you can run from there. And I thought, oh, that looks cool. You mean that's the yeah. old convicts and winches? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the race, though. No, that well, it's the convicts and winches doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but it's now big. Now another group have come out and they've got um, the Narrawantipu run, I think they're called. Oh, yeah, yeah. Named well, after that's... the thing. Yeah. yeah, named after the National Park. Yeah. I did run from the earlier this year, I ran from Port Sorrel to Greens Beach through that. Like I've already oh, done wow. that particular run lots of times. But yeah, yeah. so that was 60K. But that wow. wasn't as an organised event. That was yeah. with my coaches in the Netherlands who also practice a little similar to what you were talking about before in that when people get to our age, like I'm older than you, <laughs> people in their 40s or 50s was- like me, um, you, the idea to get to the start line of any kind of event uninjured and then to be able to do the event and finish the event and be um, still fine, you know, even though you, you know you've done yes. something, but you don't want to yeah. be so, you can't do anything for a month. Um, so the way they do that is reduced. Um, you don't do those really long training runs, but you might do an interval run and then a longish run, like 15K the next day. So you're running yeah, on yeah. tired legs. Plus we do a combination of, um, of uh, strength work, you know, the core you were talking yeah, about before, yeah. and um, heart rate running. So you actually, they make you run a bit slower than you normally would. So a lot of age group runners tend to run quite fast or however fast they sort of can for most of their training runs. And that ends up getting you injured and all that kind of stuff. So interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And because I've noticed, especially as I get, you know, get older, Mm. that there's a lot you can do to sort of hack what's happening with your training and your energy levels and also the variability from day to day on how I feel when I do when I do something and if you actually get the balance right and especially the balance right when you're going to do something like that or an event it can just make the difference between having a having an awful day and a and and an amazing one you kind of get smarter in the way you train and prepare the old running not running. Not running. Yeah. We used to call um, uh, what's it? Orienteering, cunning running, but <laughs> it always makes me think. Anyway, like smart running. So, if I was to say to you, how long do you think that you will run for in your life? What would your answer be? Ever. Excellent. Not there's no right or wrong answer, but that's no. We've got there's a guy at our um, church who. He was telling me the other day he just clocked over 100 park runs or something. And uh, I think he's in his 80s or something. And I thought, ah! I, when I grow up, I want to be like you. That's what I thought. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it when you see, like, you know, the, the older generation just still off doing stuff. And, yeah, I want to be like, I want to be like that. So I guess I've always got the long game in mind as well. If you have a choice between running on the road, you know, next to the road or running in a trails, Mm. what would you choose easy trails <laughs> some people prefer a road though you're surprised because uh, they're they're worried about the peripheral vision they're worried about tripping over or yeah, those yeah. kind of things and then well it depends kind of... too on the trails doesn't it really because yeah. the trails i tend to choose are, aren't terribly technical yeah because that can cause all sorts of problems as well um yeah. the other day my son and i went and did we actually just ran to wine glass and back oh i love that uh, so it was beautiful. lovely. And there were a lot of stairs. There is and, of um, but I worried much less this time because I wasn't by myself. I often yeah. do that run by myself. But this time I thought, oh, I better be a little bit 
you know, this time I thought I don't have to be quite so careful because if I roll something, you can carry me back. <laughs> he didn't know that he was that he was, was in for that. That, that, <laughs> that was his role. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't have to call on his services. Um, yeah, so when I sort of trail, it's I tend not to. If I'm going by myself, then I tend not to be too technical, and and yeah. I always take you know I always tell someone where I'm going and yeah. when I'm expected to be back and I've got my phone with me and all that sort of stuff as well because yeah, you kind so you of got to be cautions yeah you got to be safe um mm. with it too but I've had a few doozies on the road too where you're just like you know traffic going past or you know just not just drivers that aren't particularly aware and oh, I've, yeah. had a few, I've had a few new, near misses so can you remember I just made me think of you know when I used to when I first started like running as an adult I don't even, I, I, my watch was just a stopwatch basically because we didn't have GPS and we certainly didn't take a phone. What we did take was some coins so that we could either, depending on where we're running, catch bus or, or make a phone call because you could like, that were your safety measures. If you know, like you had yeah, that yeah. couple yeah. of coins or whatever to yeah. be able to. <laughs> I definitely did that as well. I mean, we didn't have phones in those days. In those days. <laughs> so we just take money. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Anyway, um, so if I was to ask you what one thing in your life you think has been improved because of running, what would you say that was? Perseverance. 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 I think, yeah, perseverance. I think because running is so much, I, well, I find it analogous to life in that there's a struggle involved and there's, though, even if, it's not every day or you know sometimes when you're running it's just like as you described before it's just you don't want to be there you don't want to be doing that or it could just be part of the run where you think this just sucks Mm -hmm. um but you keep going and you overcome and I think that's just so parallels with life you know nothing ever lasts forever Mm -hmm. you know it all comes to pass eventually but it, it does help you know that this that you just keep going and it'll get better so I guess perseverance one foot in front of the other. Yep. <laughs> just keep that. going. Just keep going. <laughs> That's beautiful perseverance. I'm going to remember that. Um, is there anything that we have not covered about your running journey that you would like to share before I ask you the last question? I don't know. You've covered way more territory than I was expecting. I must. Yay. <laughs> and some things have come out that I would just like never. I, I mean, I, yeah. One of the well, one of the things I love about running too is that it's so portable. All you yes. need really, really, all you need are your shoes. And even then, sometimes those are optional. Yeah. <laughs> you can run down the beach. Yeah, you can run down the beach. And I've read some amazing books on running, you know, from competitive to, you know, just you know born to run um and you know tribes that do it and just I just you know look at the human body and we're just designed I think it's something that we're all designed to do and you know sometimes people think well I'm not I'm not a runner or I I can't do that well we can all do something you know there are things that we're better at and Mm. um you know things that we're better designed for or not but we can all kind of do that to a certain extent we just all do it in lots of different styles yeah, and lots of different speeds and ways and whatever. But yeah, I always mm. say that too. But it's nice to hear a doctor say we're all made mm. to run, not just, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So, Julie, I would love to hear from you a running tip. So, what would you say to someone who came and said, Julie, I really want to start running? How do I start? 
Uh, well, it's not probably not what you're expecting, but I mean, obviously, if it was a patient type thing, you know, we'd go through all the the things that you would expect to go through with. Yeah, I know. But I would I would just say just start. We'd mm. we'd look at we'd look at what things are stop well like what barriers there might be mm. and things like that. But just starting and set the goal super achievable. You know, it may be starting off with a walk it may be just starting off you know with a with a 100 meter jog down to the end of the street yeah. or something like that in the dark when no one can see you because <laughs> it makes you, know, you feel better and that'll yeah, make you do it <laughs> exactly and it, you have to set the bar so low that you can do it and go I did that and the world didn't stop turning and mm-hmm. you know and I can build on that tomorrow because I think sometimes we get unstuck when we set ourselves unachievable goals and then we kind of that uh, that 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 sense of not being able to do it sort of increases, yeah. but if we set something that we can do, um, then that that confidence and that success builds on itself, and it really is starting where you're at because your your journey, your running, is mm-hmm. something that you own. Yeah, you know, I have to keep reminding myself for that as well. Yeah, it's totally true. <laughs> so my advice would be just start somewhere. Set the, set the bar low and start with that and build on that. <laughs> so in saying that, do you know or can you think of any, any life that would be worse off for running? Somebody who started running, can you imagine their life worse off because they started running physically mm. and mentally? Well, I think everybody's got to take their, their physical kind of body habitus into account obviously if you're carrying if we're carrying more weight than we're meant to that puts a lot of strain of our joints and I would probably say you know you need to take it slower and you need to yeah walking first and you need to but once you start moving your body your body start adapting and changing to that Mm -hmm. so I can't really see if it's done in the right way I can't really see why no one can you know why anyone can't try at least because just the benefits of moving you know has so you know so so many different health kind of implications for us yeah so just on saying that while you were saying that I was thinking oh we probably should add this is just general medical advice and you should seek your own (laughs) yeah absolutely this is just individual medical advice chatting and please you know (laughs) that shouldn't be construed as medical advice and go and see your own medical practitioner yeah Mm. that's our waiver just there (laughs) Yeah. I just think you hear, hear that on the radio all the time when you're hearing financial and medical advice. I thought, oh, probably should put that in there. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. All right, Julie, stay on because we'll say um, a quick goodbye off the recording where we can say all the things that we don't want to hear the other people to hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did want to say a massive thank you because you are an inspiration in my life and I'm so happy to be able to share you with all the people who listen to Fit Mind Pit Body. So thank you for sharing your story with us. Appreciate you big time. Well, thank you so much for having me. And to be honest, the feeling is quite mutual, Michelle. So we can start mutual appreciation society, but you you similarly are a big inspiration to me. It's always such a pleasure when we bump into each other in the supermarket aisle. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Small world. All right, Jill, stay on there and I'll um, have a quick chat to you off. All right, thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. 
So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.